welcome to another South Floridian edition of the Art of Blind Spotting podcast. I'm Jeff. I'm Jake. I'm Katana. Lil here. Lily. Awesome. And we have two new guests. Got Khalil of Pembroke Pines. About yes, to sir. hear a little bit of what he's up to. And we also have Lily of Little Liddy. Uh, <laughs> Lily of Little Lily Lettering, the designer of the Art of Blind Spotting logo. Woohoo! Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much for that. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're welcome. Happy to contribute. So, how was everybody's day? Fun was pretty decent. Um, I got stuck in an elevator for a little bit, so that was fun. I almost had a mini panic attack there for a minute, um, but ended up being all right. Yeah. It's one of those elevators where you have to swipe the key card if you live there or whatever. And my student let me in the elevator. But then he did not swipe the card inside the elevator. So I was just stuck there and they weren't answering the call or anything. Oh, it was no. like, it was only like five minutes of no answering, but it was enough for me to semi freak out. So. Mm. But I'm here. I made it. They answered my call finally. Yeah. <laughs> so, Isn't uh, that what happened in that movie called Devil or something where they're all stuck in the elevator? That is, that is a good and one. And they start to get haunted by a demon or something. I definitely oh, recommend what? it. Yeah, Yo. that's a thing. Holy apparently. shit, that sounds good. Let's watch that tonight. Careful, everyone out there. Here's the yeah. non-spoiler synopsis. It's just yeah, a bunch of people stuck in an elevator, and then one of them's possessed by the devil, and some mystery thriller trying to figure out who's got the devil in them. Dope, dude. That sounds cool, man. That's like one of those those games that we talked about, like a social. Um, you know, you have to figure out who's the bad guy and who's uh, the good guy. Like, oh, a uh, guess who? Killer. Secret it's like Hitler. a claustrophobic <laughs> clue. Oh, like you know? who done it? <laughs> kind of, kind of like the that. Like clue. But... <laughs> I was thinking it was more like uh, one of those scenarios of the cave, or who was it? The Plato's Cave. Oh right. You know, oh, where it takes place in one room, or uh, Twelve Angry Men, or uh, something like that. I know about uh, Twelve Angry Men. Uh, tell me about the concept uh, you're just talking about. So yeah, Plato's Plato's Cave is that there's a bunch of people who live in a cave. And they're all facing one direction, which is the back of the cave. And they hear all these noises always happening in the background. And they're scared to go outside of the cave because of all these noises, these crazy noises. And none of them turn around. So it's like a whole cultural, like they grow up in this generation of, of not looking around. And then one person looks around and sees that everything's fine. Like everything's safe as long as you know where to go or what to do. And nobody else wants to turn around because of the scary noises. And so it's like a... a I guess allegory of the psychology of humanity and what we're willing to look at if we're willing to see more information or new information or not. Thanks, Plato. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Is this, a man. is this a movie that it was made into as well? Though? I want to say yes, but yeah. I haven't. I haven't seen it. <laughs> I just know the concept from my psychology nerd. Right. <laughs> yeah, and there's another element too of it that they. They see a fire in front. They're shackled to the ground, right? And they can see if there's shadows coming from a fire that's behind them, and whatever objects are behind them, or whatever. So all they see is the shadow, right, of right. the thing, and not the thing itself. Mm -hmm. Yes. The whole concept is to escape that cave, and once you escape that cave, that's reality. That's where you can really start living life, because they're not really living life. They're chained. So it's a whole allegory about. Thank you. Thank you. Know, you. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. No. 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 It's all. It's awesome. I. I forgot about the sounds and stuff too. Right. Um, but Clil, you know a little bit about it, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I've heard about it. That's how Plato described it. What you're saying is, like, yeah, hey, okay. they're chained. They can't see anything else other than the shadows. One person, you know, unshackles himself somehow, and then he makes his way out, and the light blinds him at first. And he can't see anything, but right. then he starts to adjust, 
and he sees the sky and people and everything's in color. It's like, wow, this is this is reality. It's not what's in there. It's, it's out here. And then he comes back to the cave and he tries to tell the other people that are there with him that were in his situation. And, and they, they won't listen. They yeah, won't listen they at all. Like, yeah. Right. And they, they end up killing him at the end uh, because it was just. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 3,000 years, people. Yeah. <laughs> Get up to date. <laughs> well, shit, are there any current world situations we can tie this allegory into? I see a lot of, I see a little bit of overlap with the folklore conversation we had. How lies perpetuate throughout generations, kind right. of out of necessity, kind of not, but right. a lot of people will buy into the myth if they don't uh, right. invest the time to actually investigate it right so exactly anything else kind of current going on right now that yeah i guess the thing that i first think of when you talk about current issues is the whole the huge divide between left and right or whatever that is you know this huge divide that we have in people right now and how everybody's kind of chained to the floor in their own cave whether it's the cave on the left or cave on the right they're chained down and they're just accepting everything that they're told they're supposed to be and they're supposed to think and whatever, it creates this huge ignorance of what reality really is until you go and you seek what is unknown. You seek what the other side is saying. You seek what you're seeing behind you and what you're hearing, you know, the shadows, right? You're seeking the, the source of the shadows to find the reality of what, what do you really believe? What do you really believe, right? And what are you here for? Not what are you here for according to this group of people who just has, you know, a specific interest in mind? That's definitely what comes to my mind when I think that shit. Now, in this allegory, are there any, aside from the belief that keeps everybody looking one direction, chained to the floor, are there any pressures that keep them looking that way? Or is it all just based on belief? I think they reinforce each other. They tell each other the cave is safe, right? Isn't that part of it? Where they all tell each other it's safer in the cave and right. they stay there? Or is it that they are trying to break out of their chains? I think it's you're conditioned to mm. be in the cave looking in one direction. So it's like you said, it's pretty much, it's not even a thought that, oh, there's something else out there. That's mm. it. That the shadows are, are the world. Yeah. Mm. I'm pretty sure that they are convinced, at least by one of the people in the cave, that it's safer inside. I'm pretty sure some of the images, some of the shadows that they see on the wall are like, you know, monsters or whatever, probably like bears and wolves mm -hmm. and whatever, you know, is really outside to scare them and keep them chained, you know? Mm. I don't know. That's a combination yeah. of being reinforced and convincing yourself that you're safe because of all the things that you're hearing and seeing in the shadows, and the, the elements of, of exaggeration that happen in our minds based on what we hear or see or can't hear or can't see. <laughs> yeah i love that allegory mm. i love it so much that i actually started a book of poetry that i'm writing with a poem about plato's cave and it's called plato's cave wow mm -hmm. yeah that's awesome um so yeah we'll definitely link that yeah. Stay tuned. <laughs> okay okay yeah. i like that it was weird we were just talking about this today um my brother and i khalil and i yeah we were talking about it with my mom because she had no idea about uh the allegory uh, yeah, it was, it was we're trying to explain it to her. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. I had just like explained it a couple ago. hours ago. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really ironic that it was it came up. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> really cool. And as a preview to one of the next podcasts, why did you do that? This relates to the movie Ex Machina. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. 
Mm. Great movie. If you haven't seen it, definitely yeah. get on that. A lot of deep meanings in that movie. So. Yeah, we'll be we'll be doing one on that Absolutely. for sure. Mm. Huh. I guess we could also figure out a way to tie that in with double feature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Double feature, it's there going to be popcorn and, and Coca-Cola and like cartoons <laughs> dancing around? <laughs> yes. And booze and weed. What? Yeah. Yeah. what? No way. <laughs> all of the above. <laughs> <Yeah>. Sweet. <laughs> we should all dress up as one of the characters and do that. <laughs> do, do the dance. Was it the California Raisins or yeah. whatever? Yeah. Did we just age ourselves? I think <laughs> <laughs> That's bad. Well, it was a nickel when I needed to go see a double right. feature. <laughs> uh, <nope>. True. <laughs> That's something I've been thinking a little bit about and starting to feel today. Uh, we're we're getting old. <laughs> <laughs> like I was, my my body was feeling it today. I had major heartburn for the first time. I've had heartburn before, but this was ongoing, and I had to mm-hmm. go take a nap. Before we came here, damn, yo, uh, starting to feel like a relic a little bit. Like the whole day, we yeah. have to go and take a power. It's nap. true. Uh, I've mentioned before, I've got epilepsy, and ever since I found the that, like, I have to sleep so much more. I had to sleep so much. That's such a good excuse, man. Like, I gotta sleep, dude. I, yeah. I can't go out right now. Yeah. I gotta take a snoozer. True, that. We, really, no, but, we but all should healthy. sleep more, man. Seriously, it's yeah. healthy. Right? I should sleep more for sure. Same yeah. here. ODing on coffee just to keep my perk all day oh. is not okay. Yeah, you know. Um, speaking not of, um, four days sober. Nice. Ooh, what? From coffee. I, yeah, I was I like, wait a minute. Yeah, cool. we just smoked a joint, but. <laughs> Pick your battles, man. Definitely cutting the coffee out, cause yeah. You remember when I first got to Orlando and I was hitting the keto when I was in fight shape, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cutting out coffee was a big part of that. Yeah. Need to get back to that. Oh, for sure, yeah. man. Yeah. I was feeling old today, too, bro. Fucking <laughs> my heel was hurting and my knees are hurting. I was skateboarding yesterday for like maybe 20 minutes maximum. <laughs> <laughs> my fucking heels and knees hurt, man. That's not cool. What are you like skateboarding that. with your heels? I guess kicking off, right? Why don't you use your toes? I do, I do. No, <laughs> Why just, do your heels? It's, from, it's from landing too hard uh, on the edge of the board. I landed uh, primo, and at that point, the board is really, really hard. Were you doing you like off. tricks and shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was specifically trying to do a varial kickflip at this point, and I landed primo and fucked my heel up. So there you go. Ouch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what other ways are the brakes falling off? Any of y'all got? <laughs> well, today I was just looking in the mirror, but in a different lighting at my mom's house. And holy shit, I was like, damn, whatever. I'm not complaining about wrinkles because I think it's beautiful that we grow old and we age. It's really cool that we decay and die. I think it's poetic. But I saw some wrinkles today. I was like, okay, all right, bring it. Bring it on. And that was my first thought was, I will fight this. That's how I felt at 27. I was 27 years old. I was like, I got my gray hair at 27. Forever remember this day. Yeah. Yeah. But it's iconic. Does yeah. this make me an adult now? I have gray hairs. It's official, right? Uh, I can't dance in the parking lot with my little cousin anymore. Uh, it's not fair. <laughs> Definitely can. We can also hop in those carts, Ooh, grocery carts. Yes. Jump in those guys. Yeah. Now jackass style, right? Yeah, Jackass feels. Oh, yeah, Steve-O. Oh, that's what his urge was i must sit in this guys i've done that one too many times i'm not doing it again as an adult no 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 mm-hmm. i mean you know teenage, definitely teenager definitely still high school we would do that shit just go to regal 
and just yes. steal a golf, oh uh, steal God. a freaking uh, shopping cart, and just get in it, <laughs> and just go full speed at a fucking curb and throw your friend into it. Yeah. And you oh, land in the oh. grass median. I'm pretty sure I was around for those days. Yeah, yeah. I've heard of people getting really fucked up from that, biting their tongues and shit. You can get really yeah. fucked up from it. Yeah, it's not a good idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. bruises and, and almost broken legs, and it was scary sometimes because it's like you don't want to tell your parents you're out, but you know you want to have fun and you don't want to be a bummer but you don't want people to die either. Right, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's a delicate balance. Yeah. Right. The fine line between fun and death. <laughs> Sounds like an album cover. Yeah. Honestly, that's more true than you know. Uh, yeah. Alice and I were talking about this one time. Uh, the reason we wanted to go to... Manitowin climb. The reason I have to climb mountains and shit is because a lot doesn't do it for me now. I feel like I gotta kind of be in peril to have. When it comes to physical shit, I gotta be in a little bit of peril to achieve accomplishment. I don't know. Uh, yeah. That's why I do more fight training now. I don't really longboard anymore, but that's why I boulder now. I do shit mm -hmm. that if you fail at it, it will really hurt you. I think that kind of reinforces your focus. Yeah. yeah. Really makes you you know latch into it because the stakes are so high well it's a form of meditation absolutely you know you're yeah. totally in the moment you're not really thinking of your day-to-day -day nonsense the anxieties or whatever so you just focus in and yeah i totally relate to that that's really? uh some people can't handle that or they don't like it you know like roller coasters or anything that that puts them in that that fight or flight yeah, kind of state adrenaline yeah. rush maybe yeah, yeah like yeah. it's it's too much maybe it, it just depends on the person i guess but i like to think of it as a form of meditation right on yeah especially climbing bro you know i remember going on a camping trip to north carolina and we just walked out into the woods and found some rocks and ended up climbing like a 25 foot base <laughs> and i was looking down like damn i would get real fucking hurt right now how'd you get down so oh well <laughs> luckily you could walk down you know it's one of those i forget what they call that a walk off or whatever yeah but yeah dude uh highball right called highballing i, I think so yeah yeah I guess so, so uh -huh. whatever i highballed a 25 <laughs> foot <laughs> face and yeah i was definitely after i had walked down and i looked back up at it again i was like shit dude that was really fucking high i don't know man i could have gotten hurt but zoning in just you tune everything else out and you because you know if you fucking let go one wrong move you're dead you could die or break something yeah but it is very peaceful at the same time because you're not thinking about that when you're climbing you know you're not thinking about anything your mind thinking about bullshit. just the next step yeah. okay now what do i gotta do now what do i gotta do now and that's yeah. more buddhist in the moment than a mm. lot of different activities yeah mm. for sure do we have any more high stakes meditative activities? <laughs> uh, I feel like surfing kind of feels like that for me sometimes because Jesus, like the first time I surfed, I just took a few shots of rum and I was like, I'm going to do it. And I, and I was in shape. So like it, it worked. I was able to surf. I committed and I got a little wave. And the whole time I was thinking, I'm going to die from a shark. <laughs> At least mm -hmm. I would have surfed for the first time. And then every time after, I think the same thing. I'm going to die from a shark, but also because I talk about sharks all the time. I saw Jaws when I was eight, and that traumatized me forever. Yeah. Forever. <laughs> the water. I have to wear neoprene boots and call them my monster shoes. I'm 32 years old, and I'm wearing these psychological protectants on my feet to prevent me from getting eaten by sharks. There'd be sharks in the water. There'd be sharks or, or stingrays. Have you seen it? Oh. You step on a stingray. Actually, in California... You have to shuffle your feet because of stingrays. You uh, can't just go running in the water and like, we like, no, 
everyone's taught to shuffle their feet um, because you scare them away. Did the Steve Irwin incident kind of like scare <laughs> oh, you absolutely. completely from that? Yeah. Oh, completely. <laughs> terrified me. I, I was like, oh, I'm never going to the beach again. <laughs> but yeah. only yeah. looking at the water, really, because I love the sound of the waves. I love, I even love the cause of the rats in the sky. I mean, like, it's a beautiful <laughs> environment. It's a beautiful place to be. Just going in the water is the thing that scares me. I'm going to get eaten by a shark. And that's why I never went surfing in Hawaii. And I'm mad at myself for that. Oh. I should have done it. I should have just taken a few shots of rum mm -hmm. and then gone in. <laughs> the rum really helps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It takes like, off the edge. Yeah. It does. We, we surfed in the hurricane not too long ago, yeah. which was pretty dumb, probably. <laughs> hurricane Dorian. But, yeah, Dorian. Oh, yeah. Dorian. Mm. That was a bad one. That's such oh, a dope name, too. I was too. literally telling your pops Dorian. about hurricane yeah, surfing yeah. earlier. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Dude, that's a thrill right there. Oh yeah. yeah. Could die for multiple reasons, you know? Like Yeah, but it is things. very meditative. It's one of the best feelings that is just totally incomparable, man, surfing. There there's there's nothing like it. There are well, there are things that are like it that are similar to it, but there's nothing exactly like it. It's its own feeling and it's amazing. It's one of my favorite things in the world, man. If you haven't surfed, you have to surf. <laughs> have to do it. For sure. Have to. Right on. Yeah. I'll try. <laughs> i will muster the cur i have the perfect place to surf and like yeah. surfers out there every single day i uh live in san diego and along oh, wow. the water and there's these cliffs and the area that just produce the greatest waves and apparently last month there was a day where the waves were like six feet high seven feet tall or whatever and and i don't know how to there apparently there's a head count or something that you do it's a whole other language i've been hanging out with surfers lately uh -huh. don't know what they're talking about but these guys they go out there they've been going out there when it's 40 degrees outside the water's 30 and yeah. they're just for hours hours at a time it's amazing it's beautiful to see and you see the pelicans that fly and just miss their heads and weave in and out while they're bobbing in the water waiting for the next wave it's so cool yeah. right and hurricanes i mean that's a whole other element of excitement on top of the beauty of the ocean to begin with like, yeah. yeah it really was wild to be out there during a hurricane man it was peaceful <laughs> it was but, peaceful but yeah. though. really yeah because wow. it was raining so much and the waves are so choppy there's so much chaos surrounding i guess that's another thing when there's chaos and fear surrounding you sometimes you go into that paramedic mode or whatever the fuck you call it yeah. you're just kind of like I gotta deal with this. Like I got, I gotta handle it. It's my one job. The one thing I have to do is not die. Right. And you just focus on that. And that, that's every day, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One step, two steps. Stay in that. Stay in that. <laughs> really. Yeah. Our dad was a smoke jumper um, in California for oh, a few what's years. What's a smoke jumper? Well, they go up in planes, right? Not helicopters. Yeah, yeah planes. That's awkward. Planes. And they jump out and they fucking put out fires. Crazy. They surround the Whoa. fire, the perimeter, and they jump out to the ground, whatever. Yeah, and they, they dig out. trenches and cut down trees and trying to contain wildfires where fire trucks and normal, like, oh, uh, fireman can't get to. Yo, that that's sounds insane. baller as fuck. Right? Right? Yeah. There's, not, there's not a movie about that. <laughs> When's the movie coming out? Is Tom Cruise going to play the main character? I don't know if I can watch another Tom Cruise action movie. <laughs> oh, just see him running toward the fire? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, we gotta go! <laughs> coming this fall. Smoke Jumper.
Yes. <laughs> in a world where not enough smoke gets jumped, <laughs> five men will fly to the heights of fear in order to tackle the depths of fire. We gotta go now. Abort. <laughs> <laughs> you know this background sound? Yeah, Starring perfect. Nick Nolte, <laughs> Denzel Washington. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Why the fuck not? <laughs> yes. Martin Lawrence. Yes. <laughs> Yo, this boss crazy, yo. <laughs> All right. Please, somebody option this movie. You can contact me, Jeff, at the Arthur Blinds. <laughs> And we got Joe the cast Pesci. down, apparently. <laughs> Joe Pesci to Old, decrepit Joe Pesci. Do we need a female interest in there? Uh, or is she yeah. also like a badass jumper who's super butch and like gets shit done? Yes. <laughs> we need a female. We need a transgender. And then, yeah, that's right. We need diversity. Always. It's 2020. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, 2021. Okay, we're past Rebel that. Wilson. Oh, yeah. Rebel Wilson. Rebel Wilson. Oh, Rebel this fucking fire's hot. <laughs> that's my Rebel Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> So good. But that's an interesting thing you said. It does still kind of feel like 2020 in a way, right? It, do, it still feels like this is a continuation yeah. of last year. What do yeah. you mean? When the clock struck midnight, it immediately changed. Everything got better. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, the whole world is just like, we're good now. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I can't wait till next year. Can't wait for this year to be over. It's like, bitch, it ain't over. Right? It's not going to be over anytime soon. That's so much work to do. I feel like we're just going to refer to 2020 to maybe 2024, 2025 as the longest year. Mm, yeah. 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 Or the lost years. The lost years. The lost yeah, year. I like that. I'm yeah. for it. But anybody else feeling that weird time dilation that feels somewhat slower and quicker at the same time? I don't don't know how to explain it. Mm -hmm. I feel that. And I say that all the time because that's how I feel, bro. It's like going so fast, but so slow simultaneously. Time has shifted. It's not what it used to be. I guess if you look at it like a gyre, you know, it will shift, right? Right. I guess that's what's happened. Where are we in the gyre, right? We're at the narrowing of the gyre, yeah. Um, what's like, a gyre? Like a gyroscope? So like it's a, yeah, like a gyroscope. It's like the Irish kind of view of time. Like the Irish knot, is that what you're referencing? Like that kind of interconnected, but super complicated, and it intersects at certain points? Probably. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. It's described in poetry as a gyre huh. of time, and it basically just comes to a point, comes to that singularity or whatever, and then starts to widen again, and then starts to narrow again until... It gets to that point of intersection where everything's getting crazy and shit again. And then once it starts to widen, everything gets slower. Time moves slower. The perception of time is slower. And then as it narrows, everything starts to move faster. It just keeps flexing, basically, Mm -hmm. you know, in a gyroscope. It kind of seems like that's how history goes in cycles, though. You know, there's very, very slow times when not much is happening. And then there's this all this technological advance and then blah, 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 and then war and then whatever. And they seem because this is a different theory of which I can't remember the name, but somebody was describing this. The uh, the acceleration and deacceleration of chaos seems to happen on a 40 year cycle. So let's play with this. (laughs) 40 years from 2020. Is it 40 or 30? I've heard 40. Ooh. Maybe you've heard differently. Well, mm. I just know that I think that the TV show Dark, I've heard it described as a German Stranger Things. It's really good, although by the third season, I was, I was, 
I was getting a headache. Um, <laughs> but I think they utilize that theory where every 30 years or every 60 years, I forget what number they use. And that would be really cool that they're taking an element of theory that exists in real life or an element that people talk about in real life and applying it to their, their fantasy show. All right. So for the purposes of this, I'm going to take... Let's let's just say a forty-five year cycle, averaging sixty and thirty. Yeah, twenty twenty. Sorry, I can't math. Twenty sixty-six. No, nineteen seventy-five. I'm going forty years back. Okay, got you. So around the mid seventies. Cold War, Vietnam War. A lot of uh, strange things happening. You know, shifting in consciousness. Got hallucinogens going mainstream. LSD. But that's because of the war, isn't it? I guess the war would have created that. Yeah, the war, the spread of communism, it's the battle of ideas. We have communism and then capitalism, the free market, you know, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. But um, I think it's more of like a perspective thing. I think depending on where you are, what you're doing, there's always good and bad things happening. There's always conflicts, you know. On the other side of the world, the Vietnam War and American history in general is not really existent in, you know, like Kazakhstan or other places. So maybe there is a trend in different cultures as well. That there's like a 40-year cycle of a lot of upheaval, whether it be cultural or wars or, you know, disease and uh, food shortages, whatever. It's an interesting thing. There's always, there's always things happening. <laughs> yeah. 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 True that. Perception is reality. Does, sure. does it not seem, though, there are certain points where everybody's in it? Not only separate conflicts happening globally, but kind of a predicament that everybody's involved in. Like, yeah. for instance, every war doesn't affect everybody, but this pandemic affected everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then can we think of anything in seven? I guess the closest thing would be Cold War. That was kind of a shit. I like to call it World War Three. I don't know, because <laughs> it was just it was just happening. It was cold. People weren't dying, but <laughs> almost cold. everybody was involved in it. Yeah. I have an interesting theory about that, though, about the whole lead up to the Cold War thing. So Let's hear it. I think... um Maybe in a net sort of sense that the invention of the nuclear bomb and the way that played out was a good thing. If we assumed that Oppenheimer didn't develop it in America and then in Russia they didn't develop their own version of the nuclear bomb, then what would happen? It was 1944 when we dropped it on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. The Japanese culture in general is very stubborn and stalwart, you know, they commit suicide when their honor is diminished for their family's sake and for the name. I would see us invading mainland Japan and burning down Tokyo and people wouldn't give up. I think a lot of more people would die needlessly from that leading up to, you know, after World War Two and the Geneva Conventions and everything was signed as a peace treaty between, you know, the East and West. The Cold War was the Cold War because we had the nuclear proliferation. We had the technology on both sides. If one side sends a, a nuke over the other one's going to it's a the threat of mutually assured destruction exactly the mad yeah. yeah so that kept us out of armed conflict around the world in those different battlegrounds i feel like there would have been more bloodshed and a world war three probably maybe could have happened so mm. maybe it prevented a lot of deaths yeah i don't sure. know Never an interesting thought little thought that. experiment it's yeah. hard to go with man you know because it's so so fucked it is i guess that's a utilitarian view right you're hurting less people overall <laughs> yeah yeah just dropping the nuke and killing i i could have seen it gone going a lot worse yeah i don't know no no i i mean Maybe. i feel you what you're saying is logical for sure yeah. like i can i can definitely see that man 
Yeah, it's just hard to to think because then also it kind of fucked up the whole energy system too because then we started using plutonium and uranium only to as our power plants. But there's a safer source of nuclear energy, thorium, yeah. that we could have used Absolutely. that would have been a lot more environmentally sustainable and mm. it wouldn't affect anything as adversely. I believe the half-life is a lot shorter and stuff than uranium and plutonium. But maybe what you're saying is right though because with thorium... Or, but maybe we could have made a safer nuclear bomb with thorium. I don't know. From what I understand, it's not on the same level as uranium and plutonium is to be able to make bombs out of those, though. Right. So we had to have those, too, because we needed to make the bomb so that the bomb would take out less people than a World War Three or, <laughs> yeah. you know, damn, dude. That's well, may I, may I interject on a lighter note? Or Just yeah. on a lighter note. Um, <laughs> so has anybody heard of the folk song artist Tom Lair? I think I... No. introduce him to you jeff already yeah but introduce him to the rest of the folks absolutely <laughs> so tom lair is a folk singer from the 1970s and he writes comedy songs but he's also an mit math professor <laughs> wow. yeah and he he's like a comedic songwriter that plays piano and he wrote a song about world war three just some of the lyrics here so long, mom. I'm off to drop the bomb. So don't wait up for me. <laughs> and it's just so great. He talks about that. He talks about math and the new math coming up. He talks about politics. He talks about the way that uh, churches should be recruiting people because, of course, churches have been oppressing people for so many years. He's like, well, we've been losing them for all of this music that comes out, you know, this new music that gets the people going and wants them to move. So I've created a song, and he's, that's what he says. He's like, I've created a song to do just that for the church, and he writes the Vatican rag. Oh and so God. it's like a ragtime style, genuflect, genuflect, genuflect. He's so creative and so great. And just talking about all the stuff about bombs reminded me of him and how wonderful he was to make this lighthearted stuff during the Cold War when all of this was happening. He was uh. writing music and playing it for the people and making them super happy just to laugh about the fact that there's impending doom around the corner and who's got the bomb now he writes a song about that Uh um first we got the bomb and that was good because we love peace and brotherhood then russia got the bomb but that's okay because the balance of power is maintained that way who's next (laughs) 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 yeah he goes on yeah it's so great you gotta check him out yeah totally tom lair he's awesome and he writes a song about brotherhood week and how everybody hates the jews it's great he covers everything (laughs) he covers everything it's fantastic (laughs) (laughs) definitely gonna check that guy out Yeah. All right, let's go back another 40 years. <laughs> back in time. All right, 1935. Oh. Are we coming out of the Great Depression at that point? We were out, I think. Out we're coming out of the Depression, but we're going into another war, are we not? Oh. Uh, oh, Hitler yeah. was coming up in that time. Yeah. He was making his bones in the parliament in Germany, I think. Word. And that's interesting that we were coming out of the Depression going into World War II because we literally stayed out of it as long as we possibly could. Yeah. Coming out of the Depression kind of lengthened the war. Because if we were still broke, we probably would have had more impetus to jump in because a worldwide decline while we're already in a Depression would uh, kind of... Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm glad I clarified. <laughs> <laughs> I, had a, I had a lot of blank stares. <laughs> 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 
You're just saying we could have joined earlier. We would have had to. Right. We would have been relying on international trade more, and with everything locked down, we would have to come to their aid. Right. Uh, okay. I'm saying we didn't do it for moral reasons. Right? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely not. Why would we? Do we oh, ever? No. Yeah. Wait, but, but wait, no, you want to show that you're an American. You want to spread democracy because democracy is the only way and nobody else can have their own way because we have democracy. And then war became a stimulus to the economy. That's yes. Oh, yeah. A big and then they were why. like, wait, then we should keep doing it because yeah. obviously if it worked for us then, it'll work for us now. But we don't even have the same loyalty by our own citizens to be able to do that. Like, no. if someone was... You have to give up your iPhone because we need to make uh, bombs. No, mm. I'm not doing that. Uh, oh, mm. sugar rations? Wait, right. I can't bake cake. My freedoms. <laughs> yeah. My rights. My rights. Yeah, my rights. <laughs> oh, goddamn. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that hurts. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Physically pains me, yeah. Uh, it's a different time. Speaking of World War Two, I don't know when this is dropping, but uh, check out our Inglorious Bastards coverage. It's pretty good. Nice. Yeah. The oh, nice yeah. Uh, romantic movie, good for a first date. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to offend anyone. It's real gentle. It's like super romantic. It's a family yeah. movie, people. Yeah. <laughs> bring your kids. Bring your kids. Bring your wives. Yeah. What? And mistresses. Yeah. And girlfriends. <laughs> bring everyone. Bring all your peeps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's very gory. Disclaimer. <laughs> it's extremely violent. <laughs> That's a good one. Movies that your parents took you to that they definitely should not have. Oh, man. Titanic. Titanic. Oh, yes, no. man. We were scarred for life. When it came out in 97, 98. You were seven. I, I was, was seven like or nine. Eight. I, I was love crying. that movie. Yeah, I saw it when I was a kid, too. Did you in the cry? theater, you I totally it? cried. Wait, I, I was also it. taken oh. to Titanic. Was yeah, everybody there? <laughs> <laughs> Did you tolerate it well, any of you? I have no idea. I was seven. I mean, you don't remember it? I remember seeing some boobs. I loved it. Leonardo DiCaprio was in it, and he was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, so hot. Thank you so much. You were smitten. Yeah, no, he was the eye candy. Yeah, exactly. He was having sex in the car. I didn't know what sex was, but like, it was hot. (laughs) For sure. Yeah, I guess to us, we just saw two people go into a car and then they came out all sweaty and yeah. like, you see the mirrors get fogged up. It's like, damn, they must have been oh. running that car pretty hard. <laughs> the heat was on, man. <laughs> I just remember the person fell into the water. Okay, spoiler alert, I guess. For <laughs> Dude, I was totally going to call you out. <laughs> the ship sinks. You got to be careful nowadays. But uh, yeah, somebody got chopped up by the propeller and I just oh, quit. I remember that. I just felt so bad, like, oh, yeah. that is true. That's and right. I missed the best part of the movie. I fell asleep during the boot part. No, <laughs> I was no, just no, no. Our stepmom reached over and was like, oh, and covered your little eyes. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> and that's when I turned by. <laughs> Thank you, Kate Winslet. Oh, man. That reminds me of my pick movie I got dragged to, I guess, when my parents couldn't get a sitter or something. Monsters Ball. Does that? Oh, yeah. what? <laughs> God, yeah. I haven't seen it. I haven't yeah. seen it either. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Halle Berry. At the time, right? it had yeah, Halle, Halle Berry, Berry. Billy Bob Thornton. Jeez. Oh. At the oh, time, it was me. one of the what, most explicit sex scenes <laughs> yes. in a movie ever. Yeah. 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 The plot is uh, Halle Berry is dating Billy Bob Thornton's son. He's a prison guard. He dies, and then Halle Berry goes to console the father, and then they do some fucking. And uh, <laughs> what? Yeah. Just 
period fucking period yeah Spoiler i was waiting word. for another word <laughs> no, no. That's, that's, it. that's it that was that was the premise that was the storyline that was the climax yeah, yeah, yeah. That that some fucking yeah. Yeah. that's what it says on imdb <laughs> oh my yeah. god but similarly Jeez. i remember my parents very quickly trying to cover my eyes and then i'm trying to like juke around the hand cover <laughs> like now nah, i'm trying to see some holly berry <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's great anybody else got a pick (laughs) (laughs) um yeah for me passion of the christ bro i should not have been taken to that movie because (laughs) my church group went to that it was not cool yeah what happened i was just i was just like a little fucking metalhead who knew nothing about the bible no (laughs) nothing of the story of jesus or anything and literally as jesus is dying on the cross he says, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And I was like, <laughs> Oh my god, oh my god, they put a system of a down? <laughs> Jesus was a metalhead. Yeah. Shirts, t shirts. Jesus was a metalhead. Yeah. And a Jew. <laughs> on the back. And a Jew right on the back of the shirt. Yes. Oh this is the next god. shirt. That's amazing. Passion of the Christ was pretty gnarly, though. Like yeah. it was. That was yeah. a sadist wet dream. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I was I was crying when I came out of that movie, and uh, yeah. you know it was with my church group, and my mother was telling my friends like, "Oh, look, my son's crying for Jesus," and I'm like, "No, nah, I'm crying because I'm fucking emotionally scarred." <laughs> and I saw a man beaten and tortured to death on the street. Oh no! For no reason. For no reason. Like he no literally reason. did nothing wrong except not pay his taxes. And and, and they were like, oh, nope, you got to come with us, boy. You're not paying and your taxes. Who were they? Um, the Roman Empire, the Holy Roman Empire. Not the yeah. Jews? Um, also the Jews. Jews. Also <laughs> Jews. Yeah. I also think the Jews, Jews. reported him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Jews yeah. ratted each other out. I mean, yeah. no one's safe yeah. in Jew territory, even yeah. Jews, even Jews. True. True death. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I do remember from that story one of the famous lines Pontius Pilate, the Roman emperor at the time, yeah. it was so fucked up that he was like, Dude, I wash my hands of this. And that's where that <laughs> phrase comes from. Ooh, good callback. Oh, a little yeah. tidbit. Yeah. <laughs> he, in a very ceremonial bowl and at the, whatever that hearing was, he like, literally washed his hands and walked away from it. Damn. But he saw the direction it was going. Yeah. Excuse me, heartburn. <laughs> <laughs> it's the red wine. I knew we should have gotten wine. <laughs> uh, any more movie picks? Shouldn't have been in. Oh. Movie picks. Oh, uh, what about fucking Ace Ventura? Both of them? Uh, <laughs> what the fuck was that about? I <laughs> never saw it. Um, Whoa. Oh. The first one, definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. the thing is, is that my dad didn't like Jim Carrey comedies, but he liked his serious stuff. So I saw, what is it, where what? he played a musician? Oh, Mystic know. River. Yeah. yeah, it's like... No, oh, Jim Carrey, was, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. But The Grinch was really good. He was perfect he for was, The Grinch. Oh, like, wow. that is amazing. And if you've seen his artwork, have you seen yeah. What, yeah. his artwork yeah. from Quarantine? Amazing. Oh, amazing. Oh, yeah. so powerful, so yeah. beautiful. But I've never seen Ace Ventura. Wow. Maybe we should do like a Ace Ventura double feature. Oh, it, would that be a triple feature? We walked at Smoking Out and the two Ace Ventura. Oh, man. Yeah, groups like that. We could discuss the similarities. What a switch up, yeah. <laughs> Completely different. Oh so fucked. That's yeah. not a bad idea. Ace Ventura 1 and 2. Yeah, right. Write that down. Right. <laughs> it's crazy that the same guy who played Ace Ventura is a philosopher and dope artist now, you know? Have you ever mm-hmm. seen any of his talks? and shit on youtube yeah. 
Yeah, he's, dude. He's, he's so you know, inspiring. Yeah. yeah, so amazing. He's all into Get the, the fuck whole. Out of here. Yeah, dude. Okay. Yeah, bro. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Wait, but I, I showed that. you his <laughs> art though. You showed me the art. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know he was like a spiritual leader. Yeah, oh, yeah, bro. Totally is. He's like yeah. a guru, basically. But yeah, no, but he's so humble and about he's, it. He's pretty on point. Honestly, mm-hmm. does he end his prayers with "All righty then"? <laughs> <laughs> you should like you held should. out, held out really long. <laughs> Some mornings when I feel weird, I put on that speech that Jim Carrey gave at the college or whatever. I don't know where he gave it, but somewhere cool. I put on that little speech and I'm like, "All right, yes," and I feel better. Yeah. So mm-hmm. just He's go dope. to YouTube and check him out. Interesting. Yeah. It's funny how, I guess it's not funny, but. A lot of comedians are getting turned to as the truth for some reason. Nowadays. It's not like their art is lacking in any truth, but it's like, surely we have more. Like, more reputable I love, news I love, sources. I love comedy, <laughs> yeah. but is that where we have to turn for our truth? I, honestly, yeah. it might be. It yeah. might be just to be able to handle the truth. Like, just mm-hmm. to be able to handle the harshness of the reality of what everything we're going through. And think about it. I mean, mm-hmm. we're like in pandemic situation and not have children. Mm-hmm. right now oh. for my friends who yeah. have kids it's been so rough for them i don't blame them for watching john stewart or travis you know travis whatever anybody who does comedy in the news forum because that is starting to be really popular there's even independent youtube channels i just saw one the other day and she was acting like half comedian half news person mm-hmm. and i think the growth of that is because of the fact that it's the only way that we're able to absorb information nowadays i mean honestly it helps me <laughs> like to yes. be yeah. able to laugh at some of the news that I hear because it's so ridiculous and the fact that it's real and the fact that it's true, like you can't make up reality and, and right. some of the shit that goes down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and a lot of the shit that's going on nowadays is comedic. I mean, Trump's yeah. whole presidency mm-hmm. was basically a big, long, extended comedy skit. Our news anchors should be just comedians delivering <laughs> the weird shit to us. Anchor me? Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it definitely makes it more palatable for sure. The Daily Show was such a big hit because it made people listen to it and take in that that serious information and make levity out of it for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ron Burgundy does have a podcast, by the way. <laughs> like does Ron Burgundy he? has a podcast. Yeah, like the oh, character. That's dope. Oh, yeah. that made me love yeah. Will Ferrell more. It's a thing. Yeah, he's the man, yeah. bro. Yeah. <laughs> But to go back to what you were saying about that guy who made the music oh, and everything, Tom right? Laughing helps us deal with shit, man. You know, viewing it through that funny lens is really one of the best ways to move on, man. And laughing mm-hmm. is medicine, right? Laughter is medicine. That's it's the truth, bro. Once you start laughing, you can't be in a bad mood. You know what I mean? I mean, like, you no can. matter what's going on, I mean, you can. Yeah, I guess. I guess you can laugh, cry, like I've seen you do a That's number my of times. Whole life. Yeah. <laughs> That's still like a medicine. You laugh and then it makes you cry and that heals you in the long term. Then why is there such a backlash to comedy nowadays? Where's the backlash? You know, whenever like Joe Rogan says something that's not I guess it depends on where your focus is and what Mm -hmm. uh, I guess it depends on how your algorithms are tweaked, right? At least among my favorite comedians, there seems to be a concerted effort not to laugh. Or if you've ever seen the phenomenon of comedy shows where instead of laughing, people just start clapping. Uh, There seems to be a more concerted effort to kind of sway the direction of the show rather than just receive it. Is that a thing? Mm -hmm. It's called laughter. Whenever somebody makes a really good point at the at a comedy show it's usually politicized but yeah you'll hear the audience break into applause but because they agree with it yeah but that's affected that's not laughter no that's not uh, comedy that's just a discussion it's like yeah. 
It's just a seminar mm. at that point if it's just <laughs> clapping. For- and, I, and I guess to clarify what I was trying to get at earlier, I love comedy and I love laughing, but I guess I see as comics try to step more into the role of philosopher and newscaster, mm-hmm. they themselves are even getting more compromised there. Either that or the audience is having a backlash to it. Any thoughts on that? It could go both ways. I mean, the comedians can step into that role and be more politicized. And it's like, oh, this is a left comedian. This is a right comedian. Mm -hmm. And so you have your built-in audience already. It could be done for like money reasons. You know, you want to make money and have that space. On the other side, I guess it's safer. You have your own group that you you make jokes for. You have that built-in support system where maybe it's just a safety net for them career-wise. Mm-hmm. It is scary because it does alienate a lot of people when you become so polarized, when you just lean towards one side. And I mean, they're taking mm-hmm. a risk when yeah. they're pursuing their views and their views on reality and society. And then other people will label them one way or another, depending on their views. And so I can see yeah. that as being a big risk that maybe a lot of people won't do now because comedians are being ousted for it now. I hope it doesn't stop them from speaking their opinion, because honestly, it's been done for years. We were talking about Dave Chappelle and how forward he was on racism in America and the way that he did it through comedy and through the crack epidemic and all of that in the 90s. He showcased all of that through his comedy and through his work and through the people that he worked with. Yeah. I hope that doesn't stop. I really don't. I really hope. I think Dave Chappelle's safe, though. Just oh, him. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He's yeah. kind of a goat, and he can do what he wants <laughs> yeah. at this point. He's reached the, the untouchable tier. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think he griped about his show being on HBO. And but he had to wade through a lot of bullshit. To get to that point. To get that absolutely. Point. Yeah, and so it's a hero story, really. <laughs> yeah. Comedians, you know, I hope they keep true to saying what they think, regardless of what spectrum or what it really means. I've kind of seen in comedy that they're doing what I think they should be doing, and they're talking as much shit about either side, you know? There's no chosen side, and that's what I kind of like about it, and that's Mm kind of how I hope it stays, because to politicize that shit would just completely defeat the point. And now everybody can laugh at it. They're not choosing a side, so Mm -hmm. they're like, oh, okay, well, he hates us just as much as he hates them. (laughs) I don't know where this guy falls, and... For that reason, it's passable. I can watch this guy. I can listen to him, you know? I would prefer to listen to somebody who's talking shit about the funny or crazy sides aspects of both sides. I'd prefer to listen to somebody who's just calling everybody out on everything because that's what storytelling and truth-telling to me should be about, you know? Just dropping the bombs but making them flower bombs. <laughs> Carpet bombing that <laughs> shit. Yeah. <laughs> what do we have, fleas? <laughs> <What are> we- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and you know comics are gonna miss they're actually gonna say fucked up shit and they're gonna miss sometimes mm. but that's how you know where the line is so they can scale back and right. then uh, <laughs> yeah. craft from there yeah. if you're back good enough up. you can turn that into a joke you know yeah, yeah. So, tr- true that yeah for sure so outdoor comedy clubs eh or vr oh, comedy clubs that's a thing or, wow yeah. we went oh. to an outdoor comedy show yeah Lily san diego and I, yeah and i gotta say um i wasn't really excited about going to an outdoor comedy show but mm. as different as it is there were some pretty cool things about it and like because you're in such a ambient and loud environment the comic doesn't get to control the room the way they usually do so if you're telling a joke and then a car passes by and honks their horn and kills your punchline, you gotta oh, no. you gotta create timing based on that. You gotta work off that. Or somebody's playing a song really obnoxiously loud during the middle of your punchline or your setup. And granted, oh granted, this is what was this Little Italy or the Gaslamp Quarter? I think this was Gaslamp. Yeah, it's 
very constricted space. You have these two lane roads and there's people crossing. It's the weekend and everything's outside because of the shutdowns. So outdoor dining was available at this time. This was before the last shutdown that happened. They have occupied parking spaces, all of these restaurants, and have now pushed everybody outside. So on top of the normal hustle and bustle that you get, you're getting all of these people who are dining across the street listening to your show for technically free because they don't have to pay for it. (laughs) And you have all of these people that can just walk up and do that too. So you have the distractions of people, you have the distractions of cars. It was wild, I think, at the end of the day. The comedians themselves had to go through a lot. to. Yeah, that's um, why it ended up being a more interesting experience than I thought. I thought they were just going to try to do their set outside, but the good ones, at least, they work off the environment just like you would in a room. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Uh, One of my favorite... (laughs) stand-up specials is Patrice O'Neill's Elephant in the Room. A classic, man. Yeah, it's from 2011. You're probably not going to like all of it, (laughs) but he he spends the first 20 minutes basically confronting the audience and finding out where the lines are. (laughs) And just watch... Yeah, I showed this to you all at Brian's, but just watch the first 20 minutes at least (laughs) just to see how you capture a room's attention and Play off the vibe. I mean, he was a wild man. Yes, know, he was. Pushing the boundaries everywhere. Oh, yeah. yes. Rest in peace. <laughs> yes, sir. What? Dead? Yeah. 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 Why are all the good ones dead? Turns out being black and fat is not good for you. <laughs> I think it's just being fat. You know, I, I don't know if it has anything to do with skin color, Jeff. Gosh, why do you always have to be? Yeah, Jeff. High blood pressure, right? Fat blacks have a higher rate of diabetes than non. Yeah, diabetes. Is, is it diabetes? Oh, I thought. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were talking yeah. about like sickle cell or some yeah, other sickle black. Cell. Sickle cell anemia yeah. also mm-hmm. affects yeah. African Americans. Mm-hmm. But it's rate. also eating poorly that gets you anemia to begin with because you're not eating enough iron and getting right. that into your yeah. system. Maybe it was just perpetuated that it was a black thing, but it really never was. It was just diabetes from yeah. eating mm-hmm. bad food. Yeah, that's pretty well, much diabetes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but once it's been ingrained in your culture for so long, you increase the chance epigenetically. It can also yeah. increase so, in your heredity based on your family lineage of having diabetes. Right, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And right. it happens well, to black people yeah. more. Right. Okay. There's right. just more genetic markers to be more susceptible yeah. to diabetes. Stab, right? stab, stab. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that, that definitely makes sense. Yeah. 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 Cool. Well, I didn't know that. The white man diabetes. gave us diabetes. <laughs> 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 no, that's sugar. Okay, and sugar's the white girl. All right. So <laughs> reparations will be organic food. <laughs> oh my god, that's not a bad idea. Right. <laughs> you know we keep that white girl, Christina Aguilera. Hey, Khalil, twenty twenty four. That's not the platform I'm gonna die on. <laughs> So, Khalil, when's the last time we actually saw each other? Because we went to high Man. school together. I think I saw you a few times when I was out in college. Wait, doing does my that thing. mean we went to high school together? 
I blew it Flanagan, yeah, we you know, did. and no, I was seven. informed, uh, some little birds told me you were in band, apparently. Yes, what yes. Did you, what instrument did you play? I played the Barry Sax. I marched the Barry Sax and I played the bass clarinet in concert band. Okay, oh, I yeah. played, yeah, I played concert band, but I played the trumpet. I totally yeah. know you then. Yeah. I think, yeah. Absolutely. We're, what chair were you? It depends on the year. I think I was second or third. And you're 06 in... or 08? 08. 08. Okay, yeah, um, I totally knew you. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I look completely <laughs> different now, but... Okay. Well, it just so happens that we were looking through our old high school yearbooks. Oh, okay. yeah. Thank you. Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. Oh, I pulled all the pictures of Jeff every year. That was <laughs> <laughs> yes. so cute. <laughs> he hasn't changed very much. Like, his face is the same. For really, the, the, the hair is the most different. Yeah. yeah. And no braces. Yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I totally forgot he had braces. Me too. Yeah, right? But, uh, but yeah, because I was in marching band concert and jazz. Did you do any jazz band? Uh, I subbed for practices a couple times, but that's not being in jazz band, obviously. If well, I'm um, not yeah. mistaken, you only marched uh, freshman year, right? I didn't march at all. Oh, damn. Okay. I was on the outskirts of band the whole mm. time. Gotcha. Once you get into marching band, that's when you're like, you're in the band. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, I, my heart and soul was in that. Yeah. <laughs> I have my tattoos because of that. Oh, shit. Yeah, so it's yeah. funny because Katana has the tattoos of the treble clef and the bass clef as a heart on her wrist, and yeah. I have a treble clef on my right hip and a bass clef on my left oh sick yeah so those are the first tattoos i ever got was my trouble clef at 18 years old in san francisco <laughs> right on woke up the guy i didn't even tip the guy i didn't even know <laughs> oh, <laughs> he's probably if you're out there i'm so sorry <laughs> i know better now <laughs> tip your artist at least 50. yeah at least 50 yeah he, i woke him up out of bed because it was the middle of the afternoon because i didn't know cool people get their tattoos done at night what is this oh. drunk at night with their best friends you know so he's having a siesta yeah. and he hears you knocking on his door right like, the people called him up like hey why don't you come over and there's this girl who wants a tattoo and i'm like why did you have to call this guy and <laughs> okay fine whatever and yeah so it was this one at 18 my base clef at 22 and mm. i was like i feel complete now. <laughs> yeah i got four more <laughs> oh okay yeah. You got, you got some more canvas to go, you know? But uh, what about it. tattoos? Yeah. Any planned tattoos for any of us here? Oh, geez. I was telling her yesterday, uh, like, I have so many planned. I just am broke, so I, they're on the back burner. But, yeah, mm -hmm. I want to get, like, ultimately a leg sleeve, and then I want to add on to some shit on my back. And it's mainly add-ons. Mm -hmm. And that's how a non-tattooed body becomes a fully tattooed body. <laughs> a fully tattooed canvas. Yes. Yeah. 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 Seriously, you start kind of seeing things as, oh, well, this would all fit together and I want bigger pieces, especially because as you age, the smaller ones are harder to, to see or whatever. So mm -hmm. I just want to ink my whole body. <laughs> <laughs> so if you guys want to yeah. donate towards that. <laughs> <laughs> What about you, Jake? No. Yeah. no. No tattoos planned for me, man. No? Nothing? No. Uh, it doesn't strike your <sighs> Just Yeah, it's just fancy. never really striked my fancy, yeah. So struck you don't have any fancy. right now? Struck in? No. Yeah, struck in. Struck I'm going there. I'm going there. <laughs> yep. Struck in. I'm struck going, in I'm my going fancy. There. I'm going there. Uh-huh. Just stroke in your fantasies? It <laughs> <laughs> uh, sounds like a Marvin Gaye song. <laughs> yes. Stroke my fantasies. Love it. Thank you for listening. And if you like what you've heard, you can find us on Instagram or Facebook at The Art of Blindspotting. You can also visit theartofblindspotting.com.
Send an email to jeff at theartofblindspotting.com if you have any questions, concerns, suggestions, complaints, hate mail, whatever. Remember, check your blind spots. Thank you.